Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. I hope you guys are rocking the house. Troy Dula here, the host of the Beachside CEO. And I tell you, I think we have been, um, well, I know that we haven't been doing new shows now for the last couple of weeks. I have been on the road, been kicking butt, taking names, having fun. I want you guys to know that. But obviously, in doing that, we have let down on doing live broadcasts. Now, we are live. You guys need to understand that, well, I don't want to say live, but we do have new shows daily over at the Home Business Radio Network. So if you're catching us on YouTube, or not YouTube, but on iTunes, and and missing some things or feel like you've missed some things, don't sweat that at all. Uh, You can go over to the homebusinessradionetwork.com. You can download the apps, listen to us, along with all the other great show hosts that are there and I tell you it's been it's been phenomenal. Let me just catch you up. Uh, a couple three weeks ago we headed out of town, went to at uh Phoenix and I did some great videos of Travis and Summer Flaherty, Ocean Avenue just went to the top in that company. First ever diamond. Could not go wrong. Great people there. Left there and went to the Association of Network Marketing Professionals. Uh, was re-elected to the board. I find that an honor because I love our great profession, love covering everything that's going on out there. So I had a wonderful time doing that. And then headed down to Tampa, one of my newest clients is the, uh, I won't even say clients, we've really forged a a strategic partnership as I go out and and I work with other people, but it's the Greece Investment Funds. I've been doing some great, great things with them. Uh, teamed up with Roy Williams, with uh, Mr. Bob Grease, all their guys down there. Had a time, chance to meet the uh, former mayor of Tampa, Mr. Greco, uh, six times. I think he's the first mayor ever that has been elected to six terms. Had a wonderful time with them, and then got back home. I uh, got to see my son Dalton for a day before he headed to Ohio, and uh, he is just—he's uh, in cloud nine. Matter of fact, his new uh, website launched it about a year ago, a year and a half ago now. And it has become the number one of the top, I won't say number one, but one of the top authority sites in the tech and gaming industry. And he is getting ready to go on tour, covering a lot of the conferences and conventions out there uh, due to the success that he's had with some of the companies and the CEOs. I'm proud of him. But today we're looking at really the core qualities for success. And I've been pulling stuff from, I mean, listen, I've got 30 years' worth of notes in my 3 by 5 card index. My dad, long time ago, before he got to be a cantankerous little old fart, uh, used to tell me, Troy, you need to make sure you're writing stuff on 3 by 5 cards. And he had numerous card indexes. So I kind of caught that vision, if you will, and I've written things down over the years. And some of them are my own thoughts. Some comes from some of the great leaders that are out there. And as I was studying a series a few years ago called The 101 Collection from John Maxwell, I wrote down numerous notes. Um, started out with the four major concepts that he believes is any leader must, must figure out, and that is relationships, equipping, attitude, and leadership. But he, he expanded that. And he said, you know, every leader needs to know about their attitude, self-improvement, leadership, relationships, success, teamwork, equipping, and mentoring. And I pulled notes. I mean, my wife used to to smile. I'd go to the beach, and and I'd be studying, or I'd go to the – I used to go to Lake Chicoma. I'd walk around the lake uh, when I I wasn't down south with the beach, and it was beautiful. It was a fun time. 
But one of the things that I really looked on and, and started focusing on was one of the small chapters John did on asking the question, how well do I work with people? Because I, I believe that success is determined by obviously a lot of different factors, but if you can't work with people, if you don't have a, a good mindset on things that you can do with people, then you're not going to make it. I'd written down, it's no exaggeration to say that the ability to work with people is the most important ingredient to success. I thought, how can you be successful if you can't work with people? Now, when I did this in a training one day, a guy raised his hand. He said, Troy, I own a a 50,000-acre farm. I don't have to deal with people. I sat there for a second, and I said, do you sell your grain? He said, yep. I said, do you have to negotiate the best-selling price? He said, yep. I said, do you think you'd do that if people didn't like you? He paused for a minute. He said, I get your point. See, no matter what we do in life, we have to be able to get along with people. We have to know how we are getting along with people. If we're in a people business, now, some of you may be, you know, you may be a rocket scientist. You may go into a clean room and, and build rockets. The only way to excel is to be able to show people how good you are. So really, it doesn't matter what we do. It will, How we deal with people will determine how successful we are. In sales and marketing, it's probably bigger. It probably stands out more if you're a pastor, uh, a consultant, something like that, you know, a counselor, then it's going to show. If you're on the TV, if you're an anchor, if you're doing videos a lot like I do, it's going to show. And I'd written something down and stapled this one of my three-by-five cards. I said, for years, psychologists have attempted to divide people into various categories. Sometimes an observant poet can do a better job. Ella Wheeler Wilcox did the following poem called, Which Are You? There are two kinds of people on the earth today, just two kinds of people, no more, I say. Not the sinner and the saint, for it's well understood that the good are half bad and the bad are half good. Not the rich and the poor, for the rate of for to rate a man's wealth, you must first know the state of his conscience and his health. Not the humble and the proud, for in life's little span, who puts on vain airs is not counted a man. Not the happy and the sad, for the swift flying years, bring each man his laughter and each man his tears. No, the two kinds of people on earth I mean are the people who lift and the people who lean. Whether you go, wherever you go, you will find the earth's masses are always divided in just two classes. And oddly enough, you will find two, I ween, there's only one lifter to twenty who lean. In which class are you? Are you easing the load of overtaxed lifters or toil down the road? who toil down the road, or are you a leaner who lets others share your portion of labor and worry and care? I analyzed that, and that's why I wrote this down, because I realized there really are two types of people. Those who are actually flowing, those that are carrying the load, those that are leading, and those that are leaning. If we're always leaning on others, and we're not leading, then we're probably not dealing well with people. So I want us to think about this in the next few minutes. I want to I share some things. 
there's four kinds of people, I believe, that we got to look at when it comes to relationships. When we look at not just who we are, but the people that we deal with, this is how we can determine, are we going in the right direction or not? Number one, some people add something to life. You know, you're, you're around people who every time they talk, you gain a nugget of wisdom, something from them, and you say, I, I got an aha moment. You enjoy being around them. I think that probably the majority of people are probably this way, or they desire to be this way. We call them the lifters, if you will. D.L. Moody, one of the one of the, I think he was an evangelist, and I don't remember what decade or what era. I just know that I've loved a lot of his writing. My dad turned me on to him years ago. He wrote once in here, do all the good you can to all the people you can in all the ways you can as long as you ever can. And that goes with a with a scripture verse. Actually, I have tweaked it. It's it's on my wrist. And it says, act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. I try to remember that myself because I've got an attitude and an ego sometimes that can really come across in a bad way. I don't want to be judgmental. I always want to be seen as a lifter, somebody that, that helps people. I believe that's the only way that you're going to be able to explode and excel and, and take your business to heights you've never dreamed of. See, when we do this, the sky's the limit on where we can go. So many times I think people think everybody wants something. I hear people all the time, Troy, what's your agenda? I said, really my agenda, if you will, is to help other people, to serve other people. And that gets people freaky. They don't get that. But I believe that I will fulfill my mission in life. I will make more money. Uh, I will be able to succeed, if you will, by serving others. There, I used to always want to be number one. I am the greatest. And I realized that God created some people that way. They need to be number one. That's that's what their calling is in life. And, and it could be as a, as, a, as a cardiologist. It could be as a CPA. It could be as a network marketer. It could be as a mom, a dad. It doesn't matter. But for me, the only people I've got to be number one for is my family. Now, I've got some good good friends and clients and, and people that will tell you I'm number one in their book at helping them succeed, and that's my goal. But it's not to go out of my way to be that stud person that's always got to be out there. I wear a band that says I am second for a reason. Not just so that I stay humble before my God, but also so that I can remember, you know what, I really am one of these 360 leaders that wants to help other people. Now, number two, some people subtract something from life we tolerate them. And we all have those people in our life. You know, those that, huh, they draw us down a little bit. They, they, they're always wanting something. I remember William Shakespeare, and, and, and I didn't listen. I wasn't a big William Shakespeare fan in, in high school, but I had to do it. I had this teacher called Mrs. Pitzenbarger, a crazy gal, that, that made me read this stuff. I didn't even like getting in the front of the classroom back then. But I remember in Julius Caesar, Cassius asserts, a friend should bear his friend's infirmities, but Brutus makes mine greater than they are. How many people do we have around us sometimes? They want to exacerbate 
our weaknesses. Make them larger. We tolerate them. But they really draw us down. Art Williams used to say, if you can't change the people around you, then change the people around you. So I believe that in relationships, receiving is easy. Giving is far more difficult. It's similar, I think, to the distance between building something and tearing it down. I've got a couple in my life, and this is a prime example. And I want you guys to understand, I make things sound simplistic on the radio show because we can't get into to the details, the psychology sometimes behind something. But I've got a couple in my life that I swear they've they've been married, I think, forever. And and as I was watching their relationship, and I've I've been around this couple forever, it, it seems like they could do no wrong. Matter of fact, the, the, the male in this relationship doted on his wife so much, put up with her idiosyncrasies, put up with with really what what I used to, I look back now and think, man, that per, I, I now see what sacrificial love is about. I remember reading many, many times 1 Corinthians 13, what, what we call a love chapter in the Bible. But now that this couple is, is older, and due to some health concerns, what I see a lot as I study this couple, especially from the, the, the male side, is that all that pent-up frustration that he has is starting to come out because all of a sudden he doesn't he doesn't seem to be able to control it. So all of this anger, if you will, all of this frustration pops out. And you say, Troy, what's that have to do with anything? Here's the deal. There's going to be relationships in your life that you think are perfect, that you think are wonderful, and somewhere along the lines, you may be surprised to find that the relationship wasn't near as give and take as you thought it was. Or maybe you'll find you weren't as giving and taking as you thought you were. And all of a sudden, somebody will not be politically correct anymore. And things will pop into their mind that has happened in the past, and they'll bring it out. How you respond to this will determine whether or not you're a person who's adding or subtracting from their life. The third area that we should look at, the third type of person, I should say, is some people multiply something in life and we value them. I have some great mentors in my life. Tom Halp, who's my personal mentor, has done nothing but add massive value to my life. Richard Brooke, who's the CEO and founder of LifeShot, adds value to my life from a business standpoint, gives me things to ponder and perplex on. B.K. Brieko, who's who's both a business friend and a personal friend, has added value in several areas of my life as he guides me in different situations that I've gone through. I've got Mr. Bob Grease, who's become a mentor when it comes to the, the financial side of my life in a huge way. Many, many others that are out there, not just men, but I surround myself more at a deep consulting level with men than I do anyone except my wife, who gave me an, uh, just one of the most memorable nights I've ever had in my life. We've been married 30-some-odd years. Last night, as we just laid in bed and cuddled, I've been gone for two weeks, and we just cuddled, and she was just sharing some of the the moments, and I was sharing with her moments that we have, we've had in our lives that have been so fun and so, uh, so memorable, and it's because 
she's always multiplied something in my life. I sat there last night thinking about that as as we were laying in bed. And I thought, you know, how cool is this? And, and I prayed, God, please don't ever let me forget what wonderful, beautiful times I've had. As I think back of the times I've hurt her, times that I've done stupid stuff, I thought, man, I don't ever want her to just remember those either, Lord. Please help her remember all these wonderful times we've had together. So we want to be around people that add value to our life. Multipliers are huge. It's it's something, if you want to be a multiplier, it's an intentional situation. It's strategic. You've got to be skilled at it. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Dallas. The CEO came up to me and drew me aside. We, it's the first time we really got to invest some time together. And he said, Troy, I've got a situation. And, and knowing that, that you've been one of our consultants in the past and knowing that you're consulting with a company, I really, really need to talk to to the owner of the company. I'm having a bad situation with some of his distributors. And, and if I can't get it corrected, I'm going to have to sue some people. I said, oh, man, can you give me 48 hours? He said, I would love that if you can. I said, let, give me 48 hours. Let me try to put this together. Long story short, both of these gentlemen separately have contacted me and said, Troy, thank you so much. I think we're going to get it worked out okay. See, that is the power of, of, of looking past yourself, if you will, to others, trying to add value into other people's lives, focusing on your strengths, not on their weaknesses, and moving forward the only way that you can make it work. And number four, some people divide something in life and we avoid them. There's people in my life I just don't want to talk to. I'm going to be on a call later today where I'm going to have a situation of a divider that's going to be on the phone. Now, when you deal with dividers, one of the things you have to do is you do have to listen. You have to be respectful. You have to understand that they have a point and they have an opinion, and, and they're entitled to that, and they need to be heard. But once the point is made, you don't just sit there and let them smack around on crap and be a dull, negative, disillusioned crybaby. You end it as quickly as you can. We don't have time for gossip. We don't have time for crap. Focus on the issues. Get the results. Get it behind you. And if all the person wants to do is hurt other people then you have to get out of it. It goes back to what I said that, that Art said. If you can't change the people around you, then change the people around you. It's that plain and simple. No, it's not, Troy. I'm married to him. But it's still that way. See, so many times I, I watch in relationships, and I don't consult many couples these days. Uh, I'm, I'm so busy and, and I have my own issues that most of the time it's my own my own family, it's my sons and stuff, because I'm not teaching a Sunday school class or, or doing any of that. But something that I found is that too many people have what I call codependent relationships. They want to bitch and moan about the other person, but deep inside they wouldn't know what to do without it. Whether it's Whether it's griping about dinner or griping about them as a person, And they don't even see that they do the same thing back. They think, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And yes, you do. You pick and you moan and you groan and you're doing the same thing. This is, I I can, as an outsider, you see these things. And you think, okay, how do you stop this? How do you end it? Do you just go get a divorce? 
Nope. You focus on you. You say, God, I can't deal with this on my own. Now, if you don't, if you know, if you don't walk the faith path like I do, then what you're going to say is, okay, how do I deal with this? And there's a great book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. And you put the boundaries in your life. You say, this is what I'm going to take and this is what I'm not going to take. And you study that. I I used to, when I was a bounty hunter and we ran a bail bond business, we also ran a a private uh, safety net to where when women were in a battered situation, we would go in and pull them out and put them in a safe home. And one one of the nasty attributes that we always found is that these women were so codependent on these these relationships that they would run back to these men who had hurt them. I watched the same thing happen to people who have... They, they thrive on the abusive relationship verbally or mentally because deep inside it means that they're needed and that they're cared for and that this is what it takes. We see this in business. You can't do that. You have to... Sometimes just cut bait or fish. You can't do both. You've got to figure out what you're going to do. So I tell people, set the boundaries. If you're in a relationship that, that is going downhill fast, then you know, you, you've you got to be the best that you can be. In some cases, that may mean a separation. This is the same thing in business. I'm not just talking about your personal relationships, so listen to me here. I'm talking about business relationships too. Sometimes partners need to separate a little bit i got two phenomenal businessmen in Destin. Both of them are, own large, successful resorts and, and, and shopping centers. They used to be partners. They weren't near as big when they were partners. They had to separate. They're still good friends. Sometimes as we grow older, because of health issues, we're in relationships that really should be, should be taken differently. Maybe your wife is in a situation where she's having a little bit of dementia or or maybe she's having some, some physical health issues, then stop being selfish. Stop thinking, I can handle this. I can take care of it. I don't mind her being the way she is. Reach out for some help. Maybe a little costly. Maybe, maybe you're going to have to get some, some family members to help too or something, but maybe you need to, to find a, a good assisted living situation. Maybe you need to... to Put her into a home, and you're going to go visit her every day, but but you're also going to go home, and you're going to have some peace of mind. Otherwise, one day you may not wake up. Maybe she hit you with a frying pan, or maybe you just died of a heart attack. Same way in business. Maybe you're cranking it out, and you say, man, I just love my organization, but I'm in a company that doesn't seem to, to respect and understand me. What do I do? Make sure it's not you, first of all. But if it is something that's going south, then that means it's probably time that you look elsewhere for something. You don't go to your team with it. You look personally, and you don't expect all your people to go with you because they won't. But you start looking for a place where you can go, something that you can do. That's what makes the difference. See, what you have to learn to understand is you've got to take other people to a higher level. And if you want to be a lifter and not a leaner, then you've got to commit yourself to daily encouragement. See, whatever there is, or wherever there is a human being, there is an opportunity for kindness. As a lifter, you have to do that. And sometimes kindness needs breaking the bonds. 
Listeners know the little difference between separate hurting, separates hurting and helping. Let me, let me say it a different way. Listers understand that there's just a fine line between building somebody up and cutting them down. Lifters understand that when they're in a situation where they need to walk away, they walk away. They don't exacerbate a bad situation. Lifters initiated a positive in a negative environment. They look for the 1% that they can focus on, and they give 100% of their efforts. They don't pussyfoot around. They don't keep sticking a pin in somebody else and hurting them. They take it to a whole different level. I'm not talking about just think positive. Okay, all's good. You face the reality. You look for the positive. You move forward. One of the good stories, Ben Franklin, it's in his autobiography, talks about asking a favor to create a positive connection in a negative environment. It was in 1736 when he was being considered for a position as clerk at the General Assembly. Only one person stood in the way of his nomination, a powerful man who did not like Franklin. In his book, he wrote this, Having heard that he had in his library a certain very scarce book, I wrote a note to him expressing my desire on purchasing that book and requesting that he would do me the favor of lending it to me. The man was flattered and delighted by the request. He loaned Franklin the book, and the two became lifelong friends. Franklin found the common denominator, and although he never purchased the book, he was allowed to read it. And lastly, and this is big, and this is the one that most people never get, lifters understand life's not a dress rehearsal. It's the real thing. When something comes out of your mouth, you don't get a second chance to take it back. I'm going to tell you that right now. The way you treat people is there forever. Once you've said it, once you've done it, it's done. I want you to think about that if you don't think anything else from today. Tomorrow we're going to look at, do others really find us trustworthy? And if not, why? It's going to be interesting, folks. Hey, it's Troy Dooley, the Beachside CEO. You can go over to BeachsideCEO.com, see all the archives, see the articles we write, anything else that's there, go check it out. You've been listening to our radio show on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive powered radio.